0: This is Meditations for Misfits, and I'm Fred Gruy. Welcome. This first podcast of 2024 offers a reflection on the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 2, where we are told that in the beginning, the Spirit of God vibrated over the chaos to create all that is, and is the Jewish Rabbi Rashi of the Middle Ages translates this for us, at the beginning of the creation of heaven and earth, when the earth was without form and void, and there was darkness, God said, let there be. The texts that Anne read to us this morning are given to us uh, from our lectionary that we follow, and these are... uh, wonderful texts to begin the year as they both speak about beginnings, the beginning of the universe as we know it, and the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. And the verse I really would like to to focus on is the second verse of Genesis 1, which often gets um, snowed under because it's so... Uh, provocative in what it suggests. And so many times preachers just sort of slide by it very quickly, but I I think that's a discredit to the faith ancestors that passed this text on to us. And in that text, it says that the Spirit of God uh, hovered or vibrated over the chaos. Uh, the, The several words in uh, the second verse there of Genesis two Hebrew words, Tehom is the 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 deep, or the abyss, or the chaos, and it's a, a rich word, and and the spirit of God, and the spirit in both Hebrew of the uh, Jewish scriptures and Greek of the uh, Christian scriptures, there it, it, there's a play a, a, a play on words there because both words, the Hebrew Ruach. And the Greek pneuma mean both breath and spirit. So they mean both things at the same time. And so some readings of verse 2 of Genesis 1 uh, suggest that the breath of God vibrated over the chaos. And whatever the result of that vibration over the chaos, the Big Bang happened and the, the whole universe erupts into becoming. And it's mysterious and, and just, uh, well, our minds can't contain it. So uh, in about the second or third century of the common era, so what, 1800 years ago, some theologians got together and created this idea of uh, that God created the chaos and everything out of nothing. The Latin phrase for that is creatio ex nilo, that God is so incredible and wonderful and stupendous that God didn't need any help and out of nothing created all that is. But that was not the thinking for the people that put this text together. That would come at least, you know, maybe a thousand years later of the folks that crafted this text in Genesis. And so there's, uh, a a new thinking or uh, a new exploration into this text by a wonderful theologian from Drew University is somewhat spearheading this, a woman. So Paula, you'll be pleased with me. I'm reading a feminist theologian and uh, she's progressive and incredible and brilliant. Her name is Catherine Keller. She teaches at Drew University and she is promoting and suggesting what she calls creatio- ex profundis, that God doesn't create out of nothing, but God creates out of the chaos. And it's right here in this text. And so I've gotten this book of hers that I'm trying to wade through, and i got to tell you, the book is annoying as I'll get out. It was a $50 book, which blows my mind, and it's a big book. It's, it's like that big, but it's got two-inch white margins around, so the print is really, really tiny. And so you have this huge piece of paper with these little bitty words, and her vocabulary is such it's almost unreadable. It's dense. I have a doctorate, for crying out loud. I can only read three or four pages before my head explodes with what she's doing with language in these words. It's so dense. But what's in there is so good, it is unbelievable. And so she talks about this creatio ex profundis, that out of the chaos, and so her suggestion and argument is that the chaos always was and always will be. And it's the mixture of God in this chaos, the dynamism of the interchange of this two that creates all the possibilities of becoming... And it's just fascinating. I mean, it's a way to read these texts like with, with new glasses to see a whole different way of, of seeing them. Because her, one of her arguments is this whole creatio ex nihilo theology that was developed early on in the Christian tradition it really cr- set up the duality that we struggle with, this right, wrong, good, bad, uh, heterosexual versus multisexual, all these these, the, the duality, secular sacred is what came out of that and she's suggesting out of this creatio ex profundis that it creates the possibilities for many, 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 many things and not a binary world and so there's at any rate she gets off on all this stuff and and the Te home for her, I love this the Te this is her definition, so this gives you an, a flavor of how she writes. She goes, the Tehum is the chaotic multi-dimensionality of a bottomless deep, the matrix in which all the creation becomes. And, and, and so, as I'm trying to unpack her thinking, It's God's interaction in the chaos that creates everything. And so here's, I know all of that sounds so theoretical right now and it's woo, but here's where I'm going to go and we'll get there in in maybe, hopefully, the next 10 minutes. Is it's in the chaos of your life that you might bump into God and all that you might become is a result of God and the chaos in your life to help you become what you might become. Now that's woo. I'm telling you, my poor little bald head, if I had hair, it would be even more gone because I'm going to, ah. <laughs> but the thought that it's in the chaos that you and I live in, that God is in the midst of that chaos. If we're going to bump into God, we're going to bump into God in the chaos. And that the purpose of it all is to help us to become more flourishing, more human, more fully who we are meant to be which is, as you can tell, it's, it's grabbed me. Now, she quotes a, 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 a Jewish rabbi from the Middle Ages who reinterpreted verses 1 and 2 that Anne read to us, and the way this Jewish rabbi, in the Hebrew of the, of the original text, it could literally read like this, which casts a whole different light on all this stuff. Rabbi Rashi, of the Middle Ages, says, at the beginning of the creation of heaven and earth, when the earth was without form and void, and there was darkness, God said, let there be. So what Rabbi Rashi is suggesting is the chaos was always there. And there was just this, this stuff and that God hovered or vibrated over it to create all the possibilities that can become. And that God is in the becoming. God is in the midst of your becoming, my becoming, our as a community becoming. God is in the midst of that as we wrestle with this chaos. And the the problem is, you and I don't like chaos. We generally run from it, or even worse, we try to control it and fashion it, and we are always frustrated. Because you and I live in a world that's fully uncertain. Look, we like it. You drive through the window at McDonald's. You order the Big Mac. You want it to come out. You want it to be hot with a special sauce, two cheese, two patties, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, on a hot sesame seed bun. That's what we expect. And when it doesn't come out that way, we get upset because it's chaos. And we want it controlled. And we can't control that because you and I live in a world in a universe that is uncontrollable. But what Catherine Keller is suggesting, it's in the chaos that we might actually bump into this God. And that together with the chaos, with God, with our lives, we could become even more. And I suggested on Christmas Eve that All of us as human beings create these life-limiting stories that radically affect our behavior. Well, I'm not smart enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm too old. I can't do this. Can't do that. Too fat. Too thin. Too wild. And we we create these life-limiting stories that truncate our ability to live robustly and freely, and I suggested then, and I will continue to suggest now and probably well into this year, that God loves to shatter those life-limiting stories, and so God allows chaos to come and shake us up, and then we discover God in the midst of the chaos, and our life-limiting story gets blown apart. That's what I think she is certainly suggesting. And she's not alone. Look at the stories that we have in our sacred text that we call the Bible. One of the first ones, Jacob, uh, one of our faith ancestors, was between, between a rock and a hard place. He would really upset his uncle Laban, he had to flee Laban's house in the middle of the night. He's on the run. And his brother Esau, who he had really upset, years before, is coming with 400 men. Jacob thinks his brother's coming to kill him, and he can't, there's nowhere safe to hide. He's between a rock and a hard place at the river Jabbok. And it's in the middle of that that God shows up and fights with him all night long and changes him. In the chaos of his fear of what I've done, of how I've been, of what I've created, in the midst of that, God shows up and radically changes him. And then you have Moses leading the people out of the land of slavery. Behind them, they got a bunch of people bearing down on them, ready to kill them. In front of them, they got the Red Sea. Nowhere to run. Chaos all around. People are screaming, yelling. And in the middle of that, this divine other we call God shows up, parts the Red Sea in the middle of the chaos. Elijah the prophet is hiding in a cave. The chaos of fear has trapped him. He thinks everybody's out to get him. And in the middle of that chaos, the spirit of the Holy One shows up as a still small voice. And says, what are you doing here? And changes his life. It's in the chaos that we might run into God. And I don't even have time to get to Jonah in the belly of the great fish, or Daniel in the lion's den, or the three Hebrew boys, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, say that three times fast, in the fiery furnace. They all encountered God in the midst of their chaos. And as Christians, we celebrate on a Friday called good on a tree that is meant for murder, in a crucifixion. God is encountered. And so I'm just suggesting, whatever chaos is going in your life, embrace it. Because you might just run into God in the middle of that chaos. And the good news is you might even get more liberated and become more likable as a result of it. You might even become wiser and more compassionate as a result of it. That's what I read in these texts. And then we get to the the Gospel of Mark that Anne read. And what, what I love about that is the same spirit that vibrated or hovered over the chaos to create the beginning of the universe as the story is given to us. That same spirit hovered and vibrated over Jesus, a carpenter's son from the middle of nowhere Nazareth, comes up out of the water and that spirit vibrates over him. And that is the beginning of the ministry of Jesus So a carpenter's son who had no training to be a preacher or a rabbi, the Spirit comes and liberates this man to go on for a three-year ministry that we remember 2,000 years later. And what I love about the way the text says, Jesus comes up out of the water, the the Spirit vibrates or hovers over him, or whatever happens. And Jesus hears a voice, you are my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased. What I love about this, at this point in the story, Jesus hasn't done a stinking thing. Hadn't healed anybody, hadn't preached a sermon, hadn't multiplied any food, hadn't walked on any water, hadn't raised any dead people. So before anything happens, he hears God say, you are my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased. And so what I wonder is I wonder what if you heard a voice in the middle of your chaos that said you are my beloved just as you are, as neurotic, as overweight, as old and bald as you are. I just love you. How might that liberate you or me to become all that we could possibly become. What possibilities might that open up? To know I'm already loved, accepted, I've already hit the lottery, nothing to do. I am free to become and to give and to share and to be just. Wow! <coughs> These two texts for me, I'm not teasing are mind-blowing, the possibilities of all that could become as we encounter this divine other in the midst of the chaos, the midst of the chaos in your particular life, in my particular life, and in the life of our congregation. As we begin 20 and 24, a new year, where we're going to search for a settled pastor, to come and to lead us. The chaos of all, it's all going to be thrown. Oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? We can run around like chicken littles. Oh, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. What's going to happen? Or we can realize in the midst of the chaos, we might just run into this being called God. And as a result, we could become wiser, more compassionate, more loving. All that we dream to be. I'll close with another line I read this week from one of my favorite guys, a guy named Rami Shapiro, who's a Jewish rabbi. But in all truth, he's more Taoist and Buddhist than he is Jewish. But at any rate, he makes his living as a Jewish rabbi. And here's a line I read of his this week that that also blew my mind. As my wife says, that's not a big blow. But at any rate, for me, (laughs) Rami Shapiro says, in the Bible, we learn that God is a verb. And he, he bases that on Exodus 3.14. You know, the very famous story of the burning bush, where Moses says, whoa, what are you, dude? And God says, I am who I am. hey in the Hebrew. And that's a verb. God Declares God's self as a verb. God is a doing being. God is godding. God is doing. God is a verb. And then Rami Shapiro says whenever we make God into a noun, we create an idol. That God is a verb, the doing, the becoming. And whenever we turn God into a noun, we have created an idol. Boy, I like that. And so my hope for you as a person, for us as a community, is in 2024, the doors would get blown off. What's possible for our living, for our being? And that God would be with us and help us to become all, all, all that we possibly can